From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. How we doing? This is the best beer show on the internet. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess before we get too deep here, I want to give a shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. Uh, the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. Joining the AHA will give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. Also, I'm going to give a shout out to Black Belt patron Andy Thompson. Uh, if you'd like to become as awesome as Andy, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Uh, and then if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head over to blindnewsstudios.com, click on the Amazon link above our homepage, your Amazon shopping as normal. Uh, we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon, it really helps us out, so please do that. All right. Brian. Yes. In a world. In a world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, what have you been up to beer-related? Oh, man. Um, uh, let's see. Not a whole lot of excitement and, and whatnot, but uh, I... I get an opportunity to try the uh, Oliphant, um, <clears throat> a brewery out of Somerset. I got a chance to try their uh, barrel-aged Doppelbach and uh, really enjoyed it. Ooh. Uh, not too sweet. Nice and, you know, had some good dry, dryness to it. Um, really enjoyed that one. And I don't, you know, those kind of beers, I'm always like, oh, five ounces and I'm good. And I had quite a bit more than five ounces of it. So I had purchased it in a 750 milliliter crawler. Ooh. Um, shared that around at the brewery. And then um, we, uh, one of the beers we make at Hop and Barrel is called Double Bromance because I'm, I'm best friends with my business partner and co-owner, Justin, and uh, the two brewers, two out of the three brewer, <laughs> brewers are best friends. And so we made this beer called Double Bromance. <clears throat> and then uh, the third brewer, or the fifth person in the uh, in the little brewing enclave, uh, Katie, uh, she always says that she feels like the fifth wheel. So Katie decided to uh, blow everything out of the water and make one of the highest gravity beers we've ever made. Uh, and she hauled off and made a, uh, a, a triple IPA. Ooh. And we used a, like a CO2 bubbling technique to push the hops and the hop oils and hops back up into the solution and, and uh, achieved some uh, really amazing aromatics on this one. And, when does that one come out? Oh, well, plus or minus a week. Um, but it's going to be a, a real face slap of a beer. Um, yeah, it is. It is everything in a double IPA just, you know, what's the, the cliche? It's turned up to 11. So why, why, why don't you just make 10 louder? <laughs> <laughs> he was beaten to death with his own shoe. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much it. What All about man. you, man? Um, let's see. I did a brew day with Gordon. Uh, so we'll oh. be talking about that. Uh, probably when I get back, uh, we'll, after we uh, get Gordon's beer all taken care of. Um, yeah, yeah so, so you're leaving. You're out of I am the leaving country. the country. So yeah, so... Once um, again, this year. Moving forward from this episode, there's going to be a little bit of a schedule mix-up. Um, we're going to be doing, I think, every other week uh, for the next month or so. Uh, it won't be more than two months, guys. Sorry. Sorry about it. Uh, it's just the way schedules kind of lined up and stuff, we weren't able to get nearly as many episodes in the can as we wanted to. Uh, but never fear, you will still get us on a semi-regular basis. We weren't we aren't going to leave you hanging completely for 
for a month. Though, I mean, some people might like that. I don't know. <laughs> Too much Casey and Brian. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what's, what's happening. What, you shook your can. Man, was this the first beer I've ever opened? Yeah, but are you new? <laughs> Fat tire. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, brewed with Gordon yesterday. It was his very first brew day. Um, it was kind of nice. I got to make him do a bunch of stuff, though I ended up doing most of it because it's just one of those things where I'm just, it's Gordon too, yeah. you know. <laughs> but yeah, so we did that, um, and had a few issues that we'll talk about when we when we do that episode. Uh, other than uh, his the blow off tube, um, he didn't leave any any space from like the rim of the vessel. Uh, so I came down this uh, this afternoon for, before the show, and there was liquid all over my basement floor. Oh, so boy. I had to clean that up, and uh, yeah, very vigorous fermentation. Nice. Um, let's see then. Uh, I tried the collaboration brew. I don't, unfortunately, I don't have any here because I didn't have any vessels to bring it home with. Sure. Um, but it was really interesting. We did a double. Uh, actually, I have the recipe here. If you Do wanna, you want to hear that real quick? Yes. Uh, let's see. No, no. All right. Uh, we called it Mike's Despise, uh, based off of the uh, the owners of Pitchfork, because uh, it was it's all everything they both hate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a hazy. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's it's a hazy pale ale, uh, okay. double dry hopped. Um, so it was. Oh, I don't have percentages in front of me. I'm I'm sorry, guys. Uh, nine pounds of two row, six pounds of golden promise. Uh, actually, I can pull up percentages. Talk about something like pull up percentages. Oh, okay. Well, I've got. What am I drinking here? I'm drinking a fat tire, and I don't think I've had a fat tire by New Belgium this amber ale. And I remember, I can remember when this came into the market. Years ago, everyone freaking out and making a big deal over this beer, and now you know it's it's, it, an, it's it, an amber it, ale. It's an amber in, ale. A, in a world of hazy northeast type, right. and it's no La Cerveza Mas Fina. Oh yeah, Corona <laughs> Extra there. That's what Casey's <laughs> drinking. Of course, we both also have an Irish Red in front of us that we are going to be talking we'll about in talk just about. a couple a uh, couple of minutes here. All right, so Mike's despise percentages. Woo. Okay. Um, it is 46% um, two row, uh, then 30% golden promise, uh, 12% wheat malt, um, and then we did 5% honey malt and 5% uh, flaked oats. Um, and then we did, oh, where are my IBUs here? At. Oh, that's right, because there was a whole thing. Um, all right, so we did 28 IBUs of uh, CTZ at 60 minutes. Then we did, oh, geez, uh, four, or what was it? It ended up being, I think it was eight ounces of Citra and eight ounces of Mosaic in the Whirlpool. So just a pound of hops in the Whirlpool for 10-gallon batch. That's a lot of hops, man. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of hops. Um, and, oh, no, yeah. No, oh, sorry. We only did four ounces of each. It was only half a pound. Whew. Oh, okay. Whew. Slow your roll. Yep, slow my roll. And then uh, we did two ounces of citron mosaic each um, at High Croizen. And then um, did another two ounces each right before, or like two days before uh, bottling. And uh, we used uh, tropical IPA yeast from Omega, which was really interesting. So the... Uh, original gravity, we came in at 1048 for the pale ale. 
it's okay. Yep. Uh, sounds about right. Finished it at 10.04. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. That yeast just chewed through everything. Wow, so I it's, wonder if that's... So a, it's a five five and a half percent beer. <laughs> good Lord. Um. Uh, yeah, and it's honestly really good. I, I need to get some so you can try it. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's, yeah. It has that like that juice up front, but then it's like just dry. Jeez. Awesome. It's really cool. That's that's my kind of IPA. Yeah. It's dry it as was, hell. Yeah, it was super drinkable. I had like <coughs> eight of them yesterday, so... <laughs> all right <laughs> nice yeah so yeah that was that was kind of my my weekend in beer um so should we talk about an irish red rebrew yes all right so i should probably pull the percentages up for that one huh mm-hmm. otherwise people get mad at me i don't like that no don't don't get mad people all right. Um, do you want to pull up the? I forgot to pull up the BJCP. Do you just want to go and give us the overview that quick? I can do. Yes. Well, I am doing this. Um, Irish Red Rebrew. Booyah. All right. Um, it is seventy-two percent uh, UK two row, twelve uh, percent uh, crisp, six uh, percent uh, Simpsons medium, six percent Victory malt, uh, and then a bit of acid malt and. Uh, 0.6% debittered black malt. Hmm, nice. There you go, yeah. For some we'll color. give you the color. Yep. Uh, then we used uh, 18 IBUs of EKG at 60 minutes and then did a 30-minute edition of 7 IBUs. Uh, refresh my memory and the listener's memory. Why was the rebrew on this one? Um, the, uh, the color was off The um, and the flavor was off, I believe, as well. Let me. I think it was mostly the color, but okay. I should be able to pull that up real quick here. So yeah, we're looking at uh, BJCP guideline 15A uh, is what we're working with here. Uh, ESC rebrew part one. Um, yeah, you want to talk about the over? Indeed, I will. All right, so looking at uh, on, a, on an aroma spectrum, so low to moderate malt aroma, either neutral grainy. Uh, or with lightly caramely toasted toffee character. May have a very light buttery character, although this is not required. Uh, generally, <laughs> generally, zero beers, it's good to have butter, but this probably, what they mean more is like that the toffee versus when it starts to become a little bit buttery. Um, and then uh, the yeast strain that would normally be associated with this beer would probably uh, have that a little bit. Uh, hop aroma is low, earthy, or floral to none. So usually in this style, it's not present. Um, should be a very clean, obviously. Um, and appearance-wise, medium to amber to medium reddish copper color. And if that is, if that was the issue from last time, it looks like. Yep. Uh, so issues last time, uh, the aroma was slightly off. There wasn't. Um, there wasn't like. Yeah, it was just there was something just not quite right with the aroma mm-hmm. last time. Um, the color was dark, and there was no head retention, and it was slightly astringent. Ah, okay. Well, now from an aroma standpoint, right off the bat with this rebrew, I think uh, I think we've uh, uh, fixed that problem. Yeah, it's uh, I'm getting like caramel, mm-hmm. caramel toffee, toffee. Yep, and then grainy, grainy grainness. Yep. Um, so I think we're we're there on that using patent the patented beer light. Patented beer light. Um, there's a, when I see the light bulb through the actual beer, it's like very much Ruby and this is, is very copper. Yeah. Um, so yeah, reddish copper. I think that, that works. Uh, Uh, pretty clear, a little haze, but 
All right. Not not too bad. Um, uh, yeah, head color's right. It's you know that that like off white tan. Mm-hmm. Um, decent persistence. I'm not yep. mad about. Nope, not not either. Good lacing. There's some yeah. lacing on the glass. Um, All right. Did you cover a BJCP flavor yet? Or no? No. I go nuts. All right. Uh, moderate to very little caramel malt flavor and sweetness. Rarely with a light buttered toast or toffee like quality. The palate is often fairly neutral and grainy, or can take on a lightly toasty or biscuity note as it finishes with a light taste of roasted grain, which lends a characteristic dryness to the finish. A light earthy or floral hop flavor is optional. Medium to medium low hop bitterness, medium dry to dry finish, clean and smooth, little to no esters. The balance tends to be slightly towards the malt, although light use of roasted grains may increase perception of bitterness slightly. Hmm. Thoughts? Yep, agreed on all of that business. Um, not really getting much hop character other than I know it's there because from a balance standpoint, <clears throat> there's a slight bitterness uh, from uh, probably the roasted malt, but it's not astringent, so that's yep. a good sign. Um, definitely grainy. Uh, the only beef I have with this is I wish the body were a little bit... A little, little bit more. A little more, so probably just a little bit higher um, mash temp. I, I can see what I mashed at here. Mm-hmm. Going forward, probably be a little bit higher mash temp. That's okay. Uh, um, there is dryness from the roast and the attenuation. What did I mash at? Mashed at. Okay. I wrote down everything but the mash temp. <laughs> well, it's it's medium to yeah. low body, so it's fine. <laughs> and it, what, what's up with the, what's the ABV? All right, so finished it out at. Uh, 1010, uh, 1042. So we put that in our handy dandy alcohol calculator. You just don't, you don't know that off the top of your head? You? (laughs) Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Then why the fuck would I? (laughs) Not a clue, man. Oh, I don't want a BAC calculator, damn it. This is an easy drinking pint, though. I'm definitely Uh, enjoying this. There's there's nothing with this style that's really going to smack you over the head. It's, you know. Alcohol by volume calculator. Brewer's friend. That's what I wanted. All right, so 1042 to 1010 update. 4.2%. Good. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, I guess the body is good for 4.2. Yeah, it could be a little bit heavier, but I don't think it's too light. I don't like, think so either. I think I think it's right yep. riding that medium, medium light where yep. it's supposed to be with the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, uh, carbonation I like. It's not overly carbed. Yep. Um, no diacetyl. I think this one, this is a good rebrew. Good start to the rebrews. Um, I'm going to give her a thumbs up. Yeah. Um, oh, th- this was also, uh, do you remember the two Irish beers that we had? Um, the uh, the two stouts back to back that both had like that, uh, that minerally. Yeah. Yep. Same yeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, fermented it at 63 degrees. Okay. And I'm not picking any of that up. No. This. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Uh, also used. Uh, also uh, modified the water a bit to bring accentuate some maltiness. Yep. Um, Can definitely tell you mess with the water on this one. When you say it like that, it sounds like a bad thing. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good really thing. Really sounds like you fucked it up, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Too salty. <laughs> No, it's delicious. I'm enjoying it, man. Good, uh, good one. Yeah, I was, I was worried that. Um, so we, we, we were planning on recording this earlier, or like last week or the week before, or something. I don't remember. Yeah, and so I had this keg, keg tapped and ready to go, and then we started drinking it, and I was worried that we were going to drink it all before it. 
before we got has that ever happened before yes it has (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great good to know sounds about right (laughs) yes it has uh but yeah so that's uh irish red thumbs up there we go yeah thumbs up it's one more down only uh only 11 more to go 11 to go there's what there was 12 all day right or was it more 13 i think it's 12 okay 12 or 13. All right. I think it's 12. Yeah, I don't know. We have uh, two more in kegs. Um, and then, yeah, so we're going to talk about the next four soon. So, All right. What are we talking about today? We're talking about malting. Oh, that's right. We're going to start talking about malt. Malt seems like an important part of the brewing process. Uh, seems like a pretty important ingredient. Uh, so this episode, we're just going to kind of go over, like, what is malt? How malting works? Um common maltsters that you'll see this is all going to kind of be old hat for most of you but i don't know you might learn something you might pick something up so uh first like what is malt uh malt is barley or any other grain that has been steeped germinated dried um and used for brewing or distilling and vinegar making Ooh, vinegar right um yeah so basically uh it's grain that's been tricked into thinking it's springtime so it sprouts a wee bit and then you kill it you murder it dead indeed and then you make it into delicious beverages. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, when it comes when it comes from the field, if the think the the moisture content to think about is thirteen percent. Um, if it's more than that out of the field, it's going to be dried a little bit. It's going to be cleaned. It's going to be stored. Uh, and that's kind of the the part of the the dry process. And then you sort of move on to the wet process from there. Yeah. So um, yeah. So the wet process. So basically, you. Uh, well, Brian was just saying you have to remove some uh, some moisture, mm-hmm. and then when you get to the wet process, uh, obviously you're adding moisture back in. Um, and I think it's grain dependent um, how much you add in. And uh, reading the malt book, that was that was one of the more interesting. Like they go in depth in how um, they've been doing it over over years and years, and they have like the big like auger things that slowly rotate the mm-hmm. the wet grains and. Well, they'll, I mean, they'll cover it or steep it and cover it. Um, and then, and then make the water, it'll, it's such a bad way to put it. They'll make the water go away. Make it go away. Yeah. So and then it'll, it'll, they'll do like a, a wet stand and then an air rest. And some of them get, that happens a couple of times. Uh, depend, that's again, grain dependent, mm-hmm. um, air rest, wet stand. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you, and like so, the the big reason that they that they do that is to prevent uh, mold from forming. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so then, after after it's been steeped, um, it germinates. So they um, they lay the malt out like nice and flat, um, and then they like you know they'll they'll turn it and mm-hmm. stuff with shovels. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Floor malted uh, barley. The you know there's a, literally a dude with a shovel ish yep. looking thing. And he strolls through the row and just turns it. That sounds like a very relaxing job when you put it that way. Yeah. Hey, you just take your shovel and stroll through the grain and <laughs> go flip it's some true. stuff around. Uh, yeah. And so basically what's happening there is you're, you're tricking the, the kernels because all it is is, you know, grain is, is the seed of the plant. Um, and you're tricking it into thinking that it's spring and it's been planted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this germination is when this is when the... Um, the malt enzymes are are uh, developed. Yep. Yeah, and so it'll um like the little little green sprout will poke through, um and it will convert. Um, Acrospire. 
Thank you. I had I had a thing up, and then you <laughs> surprised me with this surprise recording session. So <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm a little less prepared than I'd like to be. <laughs> I apologize, folks. Um, but yeah, so uh, and that converts uh, like the little um, and yeah, layman's terms. So if you look at the diagram, there's like a little nugget in there of nutrients, and it basically uh, starts breaking that down. Um, and they need to stop it before uh, it goes too far, and that's where kilning comes in. So basically, they take that um, that that uh, that malt that's just started to spr- uh, you know sprout, you know become new life, and then they uh, throw it in a fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually, big roasting drums, and depending on what kind of malt they're going for, like if they're going for you know just your typical base malt, they'll they'll heat it up um, and give it a little bit of color. But basically, they're just stopping that that action. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking at more of your, like your black malts and stuff like that, they will roast the living hell out of it. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a free drying stage, uh, at first where they kind of keep the temp a little cool. And then that's, if you don't do that free drying stage, it'll cause the enzymes to denature and enzymes are nature's catalyst. And that is what speeds up the process of, you know, the, the conversion of this, uh, you know, starch into sugar, those enzymes that are specific to this. Um, but yeah, then after that, there's a force drying stage. And after that, there's the curing stage, which, you know, what Casey's talking about the drum and uh, roasting and spraying water at said drum. And every maltster has a different way of doing it. Totally. And, yep. And their way is the best way. Well, and, and well, yeah. And I mean, you can refer back to our, do we do, we did a specialty malt where we talked yep. about we the talk difference about crystal between and, uh, crystal and caramel, yep. caramel malt. All right. Yeah. Refer yeah, back to that. Episode. And we got, and we got a little bit more in depth into the kilning process. Yep. So we um, won't do that today. Yeah. But. So I, it was, it was really interesting reading about uh, like black malts because they basically get it to the point of combustion. Mm-hmm. And then hold it there for a while, but don't let it combust. It's super interesting. Well, and then another interesting thing to note that I think we noted on that show is that there aren't any malts that are more than 120 SRM uh, or, you know. Like it tops out. Right, it tops out at 120, and then there's none between 120 and 300, and then 300 and later than, you know, there are. And then you start talking about, like, de-husked, which just is a, you know— a way of saying debittered. Yeah. So well, they took, you took the husks away. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the bitter part, the tannic part. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I mean, that's that's uh, that's uh, that's 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 malt in a nutshell, um, mm-hmm. or uh, malt in the husk, if you will. Uh, that that was bad. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk about common maltsters. This is <coughs> this one. Um, I'm actually a little bit more interested to get your opinion on. Because uh, as a home brewer, we have we have access to some. We don't have access to a lot. Yeah. Um. So we have access to like Brees, Rar, Simpsons, Wireman. Like those are the yeah, kind of the big four that we see all the time. Um. Yeah. There's crisp there's, there's plenty out there. Great Western. Uh. And then there are a whole bunch of craft maltsters. One of them, uh, Malt Works, is one. Um. I know there are several other craft maltsters out there. And just like everything else, craft, that basically just means it costs more money. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've used some craft malts and had some success with uh, ones that, you know, kind of had their process down a little more. Um, and there were a couple craft maltsters. I won't mention the names, but we had received malt from them and really couldn't 
you know, so it's at, too at, soon. Uh, like talking about these craft maltsters at the homebrew level, um, do you know, would it be possible for like a homebrewer to go and just buy a sack of grain from one or probably? Okay. Um, I mean, I, I guess I, that's I dependent upon, you know, the, the maltster, the maltster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you guys use mostly at the brewery? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, so in, uh, the Minnesconsin Hellas, uh, that's a smash beer. That's uh Brees, um, synergy Pilsner malt and synergy. Yeah. And Sapphire, Sapphire, Sapphire hops. I don't know how to say it. It's S A P H I R, uh, like a German Saphir? noble Sapphire. Oh. Anyway, uh, Literally, that's the it's a one malt, one hop smash beer. Uh, so we use quite a bit of that because we always have at least one, maybe two, uh, 30 barrel tanks of Minnesconsin going at all times. It's just you guys stick with like a single maltster for most of your stuff, or do you, yeah, for for Turo for base, yes, okay, literally the only two that we use are uh, RAR and Breeze for base. We have Is that used, just because of their proximity too, or that's part of and it? And they're kind of like an, or are they just kind of like an industry standard? Like that's also part of it. Um, another part of it is that you can get um, what do they even call it? Like the, just the it's like a, a malt sheet that you can sh- check out the analysis um, and and make sure that you know you know if you're if your beta glucan is low, you can add to make up for that. Um, that's just another another piece to the puzzle. Like if you want to get super crazy with it, yeah, you you've got to check and make sure that your efficiency is the same across every batch. Um, and if it's off a little bit, you get you'd have to add some some DME uh, or LME, if as the case may be. Um, but on our scale, you know, it's like. It maybe be another half bag of malt, maybe one full bag, to make up for stuff like that. Um, I don't think a lot of breweries really do that, and honestly, we don't do that every time because it's something you can, you know, hopefully expect from you know the bigger ones to, that hopefully their malt is the same or about the same as they can make it every time. So, but um, yep, the so RAR has their regular just. Two row, and then they've got another product called Pale Ale Malt, which is just a slide, just a little bit juicier, if that makes sense. Uh, and we sort of <clears throat> put that would make that more of a um, if we wanted a maltier beer, we'd probably go with that malt. But otherwise, we just go with the standard two row. Um, we have been known to use Brees two row, just not as much. Um, one of the problems. W- is uh breeze malt comes in 50 pound bags and literally every other uh, every other maltster the malt comes in 55 pound bags <laughs> so they're the, they're the outlier and for a long do i don't know do i don't know and for a long time they had really shitty malt bags like it was like a double brown paper and they oh, would yep. they would just blam they just blow everywhere if you dropped them it just explode everywhere Instead of the uh, like the like recycled that plastic woven plastic yep. that that um, RAR has, and so I mean you know it's it's so it's preferential. Um, <clears throat> you know, are there flavor differences? Yeah, do most people can they pick them out? No. So those are the two that we tend to stick with. But I mean, for our specialty malt, 
choices were all over the place. So especially monsters where you kind of get to play with the different that's monsters and the different... Correct. That's where you kind of flex your muscles or your creative juices uh, in right. that sense. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. So is there any other, like, big monsters that we, like... So uh, Breeze and Rar, um, we say... Uh, well, we, we talked about them a lot, mostly, well... Because Brian uses them, and they're also super close. Like mm-hmm. one is in Shakopee, and the other one's in Wisconsin somewhere, right? Yep. Or like by Milwaukee or something, right? One interesting note is that um, I don't, I've, I've never even explored to see if there's another maltster that makes a sigillated malt, because I, in the you know the many many years that I've been brewing, it's literally always been Wireman. Yep. And they that's just just the Wireman acidulated malt. Is just what you use that sprayed with lactic. Acid. That's acidulated malt. Um, I kind of cornered the market on that one. Pretty much. I mean, if anyone else out there can tell me if there's another one, that'd be cool. Which which reminds me, I mean, I think we're getting close to wrapping it up, I think, on this one. Nah, we can keep talking. Oh, we can keep wrapping. Okay, cool. Yeah, we got we got yeah. 20 minutes before the next show. Yeah, so. always, if, if there's something that we say that is wrong or slightly wrong or just all the way wrong, let us know. Um, send us mail and then uh, another is if I'm like uh, I don't know if anyone else makes acid malt like yeah if you if you know let us know like uh, we'll call back to one of the episodes recently um, we got an email from we'll, we'll we'll get into that later but I was trying to figure out that chocolate product and someone emailed us or messaged us with the the correct uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, pull, I'll pull that up quick. Uh, sure. we'll, we'll talk listener mail in just Ooh, a second. Yeah, here. listener mail. Listener mail. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, have we kind of hit the, the end of the malt thing there? Yeah, mm. we can dive into listener mail. Any you could say things? that. I think one, actually one thing we forgot at the very end that I'm looking at this list, we forgot about decalming. Yes, sorry. Um, so, yeah, and it's fine. Like, one, the next time you're brewing, so we were talking about the rootlets or whatever and, the like, the acrospire. Um, the next time you're brewing, if you if you see a little short white tail sort of looking thing, that's leftover acrospire in the malt. Um, and we see that all the time. It's kind of cool in the big bigger mashes. Um, but decalming, so there's the root, rootlets of of malt are called culms. Um, they're removed uh, right after transfer uh, from the kiln. Um, usually those are removed and sold for uh, animal feed. Um, and so then the cleaned malt that's all done um, is stored in silos, and um, they'll blend. Be, they'll blend with same or similar uh, in order to you know have larger, more homogeneous batches of malt, which is kind of what I was talking about. Like RAR, their malt sheet. There's a QR code on the bag. Um, and you can get the, the actual breakdown of the malt sheet, which we could go through. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that in a future. Well, yeah, during our malt, malt series here. Because, right. yeah, we're going to be talking about malt for the next couple of weeks. I think it'll be fun. Um, we'll have a little break in there, talk about the ESC challenge again. And oh, geez, get into yeah. some science-y stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah, so we are starting a new segment uh, at the end of the show here uh, that we're calling Listener Mail. Yeah, well, we'll, and we'll, we'll get a little stinger. Cool uh, stinger? What does that mean? Uh, like the little, like, uh, you know how like we have on DOO the... Oh, man. And now it's time for news. Yeah, can we have like a whip cracking or anything? Or oh, like child. maybe like somebody's some... ruffling through some mail? We can figure it out. We'll, All right. We'll, We'll brainstorm. I think I floated house like like club music. Yep. 
And we're like, well, I mean, we'll see yeah, what we can we'll do. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, so this week, uh, we have a message from uh, uh, from Koi Pilcher, a uh, mm-hmm. listener. Um, he sent us a message on Facebook saying, hey, uh, this is the chocolate stuff you guys were trying to think of on the podcast. And it was Chalaka. Chalaka. 100% liquid cacao. Uh, found it on Amazon for yeah. like, uh, yeah, there's like 20 bucks a jug or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we will we will do some some try trial. We should with that. try that. Yeah, cause I'm told I'm told there's a lot of a lot of breweries that use it. Um, it's it's kind of a popular deal. Um, but yeah, that was driving me nuts. So Koi, dude, thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So and that is C H O L A C A. Uh, so Google that, and you should be able to find it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what we were we were googling every little Ooh, tiny thing on the show. Why were we even talking about that? I don't uh, because of the wedding beer. Oh yeah 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 yep yep um, yeah. So we're gonna yeah. So that's that. Uh, we don't really have anything else this week. I mean, it's our it's our first week of listener mail. Oh, I love listener mail. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fun hearing hearing from you guys. So. I'm yeah I know Brian uh, Brian's faster to respond than I am now it's insane I sit at a, I sit at a desk all day well I mean so do you but <laughs> <laughs> I push pencils all day and I've got plenty of time to right? <laughs> all right um yeah I don't know if I really have anything else that I want to uh, throw out here I don't think so um so yeah if you have any questions comments show ideas or what have you go ahead and shoot an email at feedback at blindnessstudios.com and I should probably play some outro music while we're doing this huh <laughs> All right. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blind studios. You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. You know, uh, I think that's about it, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I feel like there's one more, but I did that already. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in this week, and I'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.